Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey, everyone. I am so glad you are here with me today. Welcome to another episode of The Robin Graham Show. I have a great guest with me today. We are going to dive into some interesting conversations, but this is something we haven't talked about on the show yet, and that's brand positioning and how you can actually use brand positioning to book yourself solid and do that without becoming so stressed and burnt out that you lose your sense of self. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Elizabeth Rosenberg onto The Robin Graham Show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. I'm here. And Elizabeth, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Great. Again, my name is Elizabeth Rosenberg, and I am the founder of The Good Advice Company. I try to give good advice every time I can. So thank you again. I'm excited to be here. My journey is a long one that actually felt quite short, but I'm still always going to be on. So I was in the corporate world for obviously a very long time, I'm sure, as most of you. And I was in a job that I loved very, very much, but I ended up burning out and landing myself in the emergency room with a migraine where I lost all of my motor skills. They thought I was having a stroke or um, that I had had a drug overdose. And then after um, a few hours, they realized I was just super stressed out. And when you go through an experience like that, which I know so many people in the world are kind of experiencing at the moment, you kind of really reevaluate what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up going to another job. I ended up quitting that job on March 2nd of 2020, another job that I truly loved to death and have been off on my own the last two years. And I am now have really pirouetted my company into being um, much more about helping C-suite leaders and leaders that are on their way to the top, talk about their personal brands, how important it is and how authentically you can build it and make it something that's true to you and easy to execute. I love that. You know, it's interesting when you talk about what your experience was, you're not the first person that's been on the show that's talked about that level of burnout and how it became completely debilitating and life-threatening, really. I mean, when you when you think about how terrifying that had to feel to, to lose your motor skills and all of those things. But I love how you are now helping other people position themselves for opportunities for growth and success to love what they're doing without having to experience all of those negative things like, you know, an abundance of stress or, you know, getting to that point of burnout. So let's talk about how you're doing that. So when we talk on the show about personal branding, we talk about, well, mostly my philosophy, right? Um, That your personal brand is what other people think, say, and feel about you. 
And whether you are in corporate or whether you are an entrepreneur, you have a personal brand. And especially if you're running a business or if you are in the C-suite in corporate, you have to present yourself in a way that you want other people to perceive you as, right? Um, You have the ultimate control of that. But what I think a lot of people often miss is positioning themselves as a brand and positioning themselves as something or someone who is so unique and so different that they stand out with ease and grace. So they don't have to have an abundance of stress. Exactly. I think the first thing that, and this was some great advice that someone had given me, is that we are not, as we get older and as we're thinking about what our brand looks like, stop thinking about pivoting into something else that you need to pivot into. Even as your career, I know as people are talking about the great resignation and the great reevaluation, think of it more as pirouetting. You are actually on a slow turn constantly. And when you think of it that way, it's easier to move into these new aspects in your life. So it's not like a jarring change. Although on honesty, some people do great with a jarring change. I wish I could be that person. I'm a Virgo and a planner and I need process in my life. But when it comes to personal branding, I think the other thing that people think like what comes to mind is that they need to be on a stage. They need to be talking. They need to be famous. They need to be writing books. They need to be, you know, vocal on LinkedIn. And that's not necessarily the case. Who you are and how the world perceives you should always align. And the reason I kind of, you know, changed a lot of my business, which was at the core, really helping creative brands, marketing agencies brand on their larger brand positioning and kind of like calm strategy is in the last two years, I noticed that as people were passing away, their obituaries were reading like resumes. And the reason for that was because LinkedIn is a public forum and people were finding things to write about them online whether it's your own website, whether it's LinkedIn or anything like that. And as Americans, we tend to lead with the brands that we've worked on and the successes that we've had. When you do that, it looks like that we are defined completely by what we do versus who we are. And that just didn't sit well with me. This idea that you get on a Zoom and you get on a call and you meet somebody in person and it's like you rattle off the top five brands that you've worked on or you rattle off you know, how many years that you've had experience. and It's just a very American way of valuing ourselves and our worth within our careers. And if you think about it, it's such a blip of who we are in our life. Some of the things that we've worked on, and you know, for two to three years, it's like two to three years. We've been in a pandemic for two to three years at this point. Yeah. It can go by so quickly. So I think if we really reevaluate what's important to us and how we want to talk about those things, it's like a light bulb because it also leads you down this path to your purpose of what actually brings you joy and what makes you happy, which is where we should all land. The reality behind that is that it's always a work in progress. It's always going to change no matter, you know, without some outside circumstances or the different people that are in your life. But if we're on that path all the time, when you're doing what you love, you make more money and it doesn't feel so hard. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you mentioned something and we just had an episode recently with Tanya Dalton and we talked a lot about purpose and when you follow that purpose, you know, you you're using your passions and you are aligned with your values. And then that joy just comes natural. And it allows you when you to come from that place of service 
And I think when we're coming from a place of service and not pushing things, you know, like thinking of a boulder going up a hill, there is less stress, but there's ultimately more joy. And I think that's so important to remember because then when we're in that positive flow, money is going to come in. Abundance is going to be more readily available to us versus this negative constant, you know, push and pull of masculine energy versus feminine energy, so to speak. So, and which we have a whole episode related to that with Nicolino. So people can go and listen to that if they're interested, I'll put the links in the show notes, but okay. So let's talk about this. So whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in C-suite, let's talk about brand positioning. Let's talk about how you can actually use your personal brand to position yourself as the expert that you truly are as an authentic person you know, that, that can do any of these jobs that need to be done, but so that you're differentiating yourself in a way that keeps it in a lo- low yeah. stress situation. I think the first thing that you do is you change the first paragraph of your bio to include something about who you are. Is there a passion that you're passionate about? Is there a hobby, sorry, that you're passionate about? Are you an entrepreneur and um, an executor? Like, I I think that so often it's the bios read like Elizabeth Rosenberg is the founder of the good advice company at that job. She does this. Mm. And again, it is the first intro to who you are. Shouldn't necessarily be like, that's fine. That's my job, but introduce yourself in a way that feels, I think, more authentic to you. I think the other thing, and this is, this is the best advice that I feel like I can give anyone is find things that you have a very strong opinion about, but are grounded in something that you love. So every leader that I've ever worked with comes to me and they say, I'm like, let's talk about two to three things that you want to write about, or two to three things that are important to you. And the first thing they say is like, I want to talk about business. I want to talk about diversity. And I want to talk about, you know, equality. And I'm like, no one cares what you have to say about any of those things. None. Because there's nothing really new to be said about those things. And are you the expert on those things? Probably not. They're very broad and um, everyone is sick of hearing about them. You know, I'm going to interrupt you for one second if I can, because you just hit a nerve with me because I think that people join these bandwagons and they think that's going to make them stand out. And it really comes back to that, to the root of, you're not being genuine. And I like to use the word genuine versus authentic. You use the word authentic, which was totally appropriate, but we can flip that to be genuine. And just because somebody else is gaining attention and momentum for their brand by being in a space and speaking out about something doesn't mean you have to join them to make yourself stand out. Because what ends up happening is it's, it's like comparison imposter syndrome, and you're trying to be something that Maybe, maybe, yes, this is very important to you, but is that really what you want to build your platform on? So you really have to go back to look at aligning yourself with your values, your visions, your passions, and being truly, genuinely who you are, not thinking you have to join this bandwagon because so-and-so did. A hundred percent. I think the other thing too, is you really need to think about how your hobbies and how other things that you're doing are influencing you as a brand. So for instance, if you are coaching your kid's soccer team, how has being the Ted Lasso of your community led you to learn things about yourself as a leader, as, um, and as a personal brand, 
Or if you got really into sourdough during the quarantine, how did bread making and the process of that lead you to be a better operational executor? There's ways that you can take everyday things that are interesting to you and really kind of like make them relatable to the world. Because as a PR person, and again, this is like 20 years of helping, you know, executives on their own brands, there's nothing scarier than having to give like a statement to like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or something like that. And always have the fear that like you said something wrong where, you know, like, oh God, how's that going to land? How's that going to look? When you're talking about something that is truly authentic to you, you have no fear about saying the wrong thing. If somebody said to me three years ago, you will be the poster child for combating burnout, finding your purpose and personal brands, I would have thought everyone was crazy. I'm like, that's that's not my future. That's not what I'm going to talk about. But I've been in Business Insider. I've been in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, like talking about burnout and why it was an important thing for me to share. And the other thing too, is I think when you have something that is relatable, there's so much fear around sharing it, but there's also a release and community around sharing it. The day I wrote my burnout story, I mean, honestly, I was like sick to my stomach. I was almost in tears. I was like, I cannot believe that I'm posting this. People are going to think that I am weak and you know, how is she ever going to work again? And I got hundreds of messages and emails from people thanking me for sharing something that they had been in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. So I think don't ever underestimate how powerful your story can be, no matter how small, because someone else has experienced it and someone else will find that journey helpful. Oh my gosh. I love that you say that. I preach this, that we are our journey. Like our, every experience we've had has given us the authority to be able to help someone else. And you're, I mean, I, this is a really near and dear to my heart topic because I just finished my book. By the time this episode airs, it may already be published, but congratulations. It's called You, Me and Anxiety. Take Action Over Anxiety to Enjoy Being You is the title. And it's written for teen girls, but and for their parents. So there's two books that will be published the same day, but it's one of those things that I have had anxiety my entire life. And I was so ashamed of that and so afraid to talk about that. But you know what? My clients have anxiety and I am able to help them navigate that better than anybody because I've had to navigate it. And every single experience I had on my journey has given me the ability to now help them. So they don't have to stay in that place of anxiety, fear, frustration, procrastination, overwhelm. And what a gift that is to be able to share that. Yes. There's something again, like kind of terrifying. It's funny because I even have clients that are like, I just am so scared to write about, you know, my love of pottery. And I'm like, why? 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 It's <laughs> so beautiful. Everyone is doing this. Like yeah. you found a great hobby that was like, but is anyone going to care? And I think that's the hardest thing that we have to struggle with as a society is social media and just the way that media, like algorithms are consumed now and curated now have led us to live in a time where we need so much affirmation and there's so much freedom in just sharing something without that fear. Is everyone going to like it or not? Yeah. One of the things that I think about, and I've been working on writing this for, I mean, months, and I can normally write something like, I mean, as a PR person, I can write something really quickly, but is this idea of in the search for your genuine, authentic self, 
Are you more scared of being accepted or rejected for who you really are? And oh I think gosh. in Let's all honesty, that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I love that. Think I'm, I think hopefully by the time this is out, I will have written this. I think that for me, it's a lot about acceptance because then you have to be that genuine you. And we've lived lives where the rejected you has been accepted and everyone's kind of okay with it. So it's easier to be that person. At least we believe it's easier to be that person, I right? Was say, yeah. <laughs> Do you think there are a lot of false assumptions that, okay, I can just accept the fact that I am rejected because of who I am or whatever ailment or, you know, yeah. challenges I've lived with. Okay. I'll just accept that versus, Hey, what if they accept me with all my flaws and imperfections? And that's what I'm saying about fear. There's fear around that. Once we get past that hump, I think that, you know, a life would be significantly easier. But if we do think about the fact that, you know, I'm in my forties, that I haven't necessarily been living my genuine, authentic self forever. And this version of me that's out there is not that bad. People really like it, but it gets more and more and more exhausting to be that person every day because I know it's not who I really am. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting dynamic because I think as you talk about your personal brand and your own brand positioning, this idea of vulnerability is a step that we all have to take in finding what that brand looks like for us. Mm -hmm. And just this idea of just like not, you know, not catering to the whims of everyone around us. Right. And I think it's important to note here too, because vulnerability is a very big deal. And it's something that, you know, just writing my book tapped into such a deep level of vulnerability and publishing it is going to be another level of vulnerability. Not everyone has to have the same level of vulnerability that you and I have had me with my book, you with publishing about your burnout and the level of burnout and how you got there. I think it's important to note that, that those are individual journeys and your journey may not be as severe, but there's something unique about you that you can be vulnerable about, right? Always. And it it can be something as easy as, I mean, I say as easy, but I think that's not fair because I think any vulnerability that we experience and that we share is so incredibly brave. But also if you think back on the last two years, and how you really just don't want to leave anything on the table. Do you know what I mean? It's like life is too short for us to be not who we really are and for us to not share that genuinely awesome person with others. Yeah. 100%. But as you are as you are building your your brand, I mean I just want to keep going back to this this personal brand and this positioning and this authentic you or genuine you out in the world. And as you were saying, you can build slowly. But start with something that is an easy story for you to tell yeah. and then go from there. <laughs> Dip your toe in the baby pool first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it could be something as simple as, oh, you know, I was not able to be a public speaker or, you know, it could be something small. Totally. It doesn't have to be something so big. And I love how, you know, even the person with the pottery and, and being vulnerable to share what they passionately love. And sometimes it's a positive thing that people are afraid to share, not a negative yeah. thing, 
But all of those things, the positive, the negative, all of those things encompass who you are at the core. And that's what your personal brand should be so that people can truly get an idea of who you are, create a perception and have those thoughts and feelings of who you are, because that's what they're going to tell other people about. And that's what you want to do is control that. And position yourself as a leader, an expert, the go-to, so that people understand that. And every single one of those aspects, I guess, of and characteristics of who you are and, and what your journey has been is part of that. It's part of that overall story of differentiating yourself. And there's an audience for everyone. So I think especially to the entrepreneurs and the C suite people out there. When you are vulnerable and you do share whatever story it is that you have to tell, if there are people that don't like it, then they're not your people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like our job is not to make everyone love us. Our job is to attract the type of people who will love us in return. Mm -hmm. And I have to be reminded of that constantly. I have a very kind of like proprietary way of how I work with people. And I'm very honest in my delivery and my clients need to be willing to like receive feedback and to actually hear what I'm saying. For example, when somebody says to me, I want to talk about these three things. And I'm like, no, no one, no one cares what you have to say about those. If someone's feelings get hurt when I say that they're clearly not the right client for me, but I also, you know, expect this vulnerability in return, but I know that that's not for everyone. Yeah. So once you accept that and know that your people will find you, <laughs> It takes a little bit of the pressure off too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, you know, we probably should have talked about this at the very beginning. I mean, we talked a tiny bit about it, but when we talk about brand positioning, what exactly does that mean? And what exactly, how does brand positioning benefit us? Yeah. I mean, we kind of went in reverse order. I think, you know, we didn't really truly define it, but I think we've, we're coming full circle because when we talk about brand positioning and building that personal brand, we're talking about the entire picture of either yourself as a C-suite executive or Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur and your business that you're running on the day-to-day basis. Yes. Okay. So my recommendation is to always start with your bio. That is who you are. That is how people find you. That is how people learn about you. It's normally the first thing that people ask for if you're doing any kind of speaking, if you're talking about a resume, interviewing, anything like that. And again, I think switching up that, that first paragraph to read so much more about who you are, not necessarily your, your work experience, and then diving into your work experience and how that backs up who you are within your bio. Again, it takes me like a month in a process to work with a client on this, but there's a ton of examples and stuff I, that I have on my website that you can check out. I then think that you need to dive into what three themes, two to three themes that you're comfortable discussing that feel authentic to who you are as a person. And again, that's where we talked about the pottery. That's where we talked about, you know, a soccer coach. What are things from your life experience and what are things from your story that you think will be relatable and worth sharing? And again, not everybody needs to do this. Not everybody needs to post on LinkedIn every day. Not everybody needs an Instagram account. There's some people who are the best right-hand man, like a right-hand woman for a big thinker or for that CEO, just because you're an executor and an operator doesn't mean that that can't be part of your brand as well, but they tend to not be the people who are shouting from the rooftops of who this is who I am. And this is what I want to do. 
we need to have an equal balance of both of these in the world or else we just have like a bunch of performers and achievers and it makes um, life very complicated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that it, it's just a fight for airtime. Yeah. And um, I think it's nice to have that, that balance. And when we talk about the entrepreneurial yeah. journey, delegating, hiring a VA, like you can't do everything and do everything perfectly, or I should never use the word perfectly, but do it all right and effectively, you know, without yeah. having somebody as a, as your wingman. <laughs> Have you read the book, um, essentialism? No, I haven't read. Oh that. my God. I, I highly recommend it. It is this idea that we cannot do everything great and that we need to pick one or two things that we really, really excel in and be okay with the fact that like, there are things that we will be met in, but to focus on those things. And once you can really focus, you succeed versus having all these directions that we're pulling ourselves in. So I love the fact that you're talking about delegation because that is the first recommendation that I make to any entrepreneurs is like, know what you know, and know what you don't know, hire a bookkeeper, have help with social media, get somebody to help you with their calendar. I mean, this comes with privilege and this comes with cost, but you also have to outweigh like how much time are you wasting doing all of the stuff that you like need to learn how to do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we were on the third thing. So we talked about, you know, the bio. And then I think too, this is again, for people who want to have more of a public presence, I think you need to pick a social media network, whether that is Instagram and you have a very like, you know, curated imagery board of what that looks like, whether you're on LinkedIn and you are using words and thought leadership and networking to be your guide, whether you're on Twitter and you're zippy and you're like kind of in it all the time, but like pick one and go with it. I know a lot of people try to choose and do all of them. And it goes back to the idea of essentialism. Like it, it can be an exhausting feat. So I am on Twitter, but I'm really on there as a PR person to connect with reporters and to know what's going on in the news. LinkedIn is my platform of choice. It I am a natural connector and I think networker and I love seeing what other people are up to. And I love being super um, promotional and excited about other people's successes. And then I have outsourced my Instagram and I'm still trying to figure that out. It's funny. I mean, again, I've as a PR person who is responsible for like huge companies, social media, it is just something that like sucks the joy out of me instead of adds to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We, and we had this conversation recently with Tanya Dalton, who I mentioned earlier when we were talking about purpose, yeah. she has eliminated social media. Good for her. <laughs> eliminated it and is just using her website and email marketing to, you know, I mean, she's got a huge business as it is, but I mean, to be able to walk away from that. And and that was the point that she made. And I think when when we circle all the way back to the beginning of the conversation and burnout and how to avoid that, if something is not making you feel good, don't do it. Don't do it. Life is too short. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. I also think as you're thinking about your personal brands, think about if you were to die tomorrow, what you would want people to say about you. I know that that sounds like very dark, but like, that was kind of what led me into helping more people with their kind of like thought leadership and personal branding journey. So I'm like, if I die tomorrow and somebody says that I worked for this brand and that's like my legacy, like I worked on it for three years. It was a huge brand. It was super fun. 
but like, I want people to say it was kind and thoughtful and inspirational. And if that's how I want people to think of me, what can I do right now to make sure that that's what they say about me when I do pass? Yeah. I love that. I love it so much. And and it's really, you know, a lot of times you think about when you're creating a strategy to reach a goal or, you know, accomplish something really big, you work backwards. So this is an opportunity to do that. You know, what do you want at the end of your days? What do you want people to say about you? What, what is that feeling you want them to have about you? And then work backwards. How are you going to create that? And that's how you build a personal brand. Exactly. And I think most people hopefully would say, you know, they were kind, they were thoughtful, they were giving, they were generous. Yeah. So like, how, how do you do that in tandem with really manifesting and achieving your personal goals as well? Right. Like yeah. who, who, who doesn't want to win the lottery and live on the beach? Who doesn't want to travel the world? Who doesn't want all these things? And there's a life where I think that we can, you know, strive to have both of those at the same time. It's not an, or it can be an and. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love this conversation. So, 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 so great. And of course it's about personal branding, which is totally my jam. So this is awesome. Okay. Elizabeth, will you please tell the listeners how they can learn more from you, connect with you, maybe even hire you all that good stuff. Yeah. I recommend people find me on LinkedIn. Again, it's Elizabeth Rosenberg and the good advice company. And my website is just thegoodadvicecompany.com. I love it. Such a great name too. Love it. Well, thank you <laughs> thank so you much for much. being here. I really appreciate you taking time to, to chat with me and to share such great brilliance with the listeners. And listeners, if you took away value from this episode, will you please be so kind as to leave us a rating and review? Ratings and reviews are how other people find us and how more people will be able to hear this great information to be able to build personal brands and really help create that ripple effect of good out in the world. So if you'd be so kind, that would be awesome. Be sure and follow Elizabeth, connect with her on LinkedIn, and I will see you guys next time. Thanks for being here. You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingram.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.